on all different platforms at different times. So if you are getting this broadcast, we are now live. Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Let's get right into it. If you haven't subscribed to Jonathan Kogan Show, wherever you get your podcast, do that. Other than that, let's get into it. So it is Friday, November 18, 2022. A lot of great stuff happening in the world. We got central bank digital currencies currently in beta or in a test run, 12-week program, which we're going to get into more details. The G20 Summit, where the largest economies, countries in the world come together. They have great news, on the, which we'll get to shortly, on the White House readout. This is fantastic news. They are pushing for vaccine passports even harder, where in order to, what they say, quote, move around, you need to show proof of vaccination or that you've been properly, adequately tested in order to move in order to travel. So that's fantastic. That's great. And by the way, whose standards is it, is it according to? The WHO, which we, if we've learned one thing from the last couple of years or like a few years now, I don't even know. It's been so long. It is that the only organization that is always truthful, no matter what, it doesn't cave to political pressures. There's no corruption. It is just pure truth because they love you. They love other humans. They love your family and they want you to thrive. That would be the World Health Organization, specifically Tedros, Dr. Tedros, who's not a medical doctor, but Dr. Tedros loves you. Now, in his own country, he was the head of a terrorist group that is basically fighting the other half of the country. But don't worry. Don't worry. That's not real. Don't look over there. Look where we tell you to look. Shut your mouth and just drone through life. And work for the system because that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, so we got that. And then also, this is the most mind-boggling thing going on in the world right now. The FTX collapse, okay? If someone is not on Twitter, which by the way, the amount of people trying to say, oh, Twitter's going down. They're so excited about it. Are I feel like they're very concerned that if Twitter does not go down and the woke mob leaves, they're very concerned that it's going to show something that is not very good for their group, which is that we can survive very well without them. And they're very nervous, apparently. Twitter did not fail. I would put money on Elon Musk if I had to bet. However, it could go either way. I have no idea. I have no idea. Nor do I really care because we are a podcast and we go RSS feeds all the way. JSK.transistor.fm. And also, the reason why I'm putting a lot of uh i'm doing this live on twitter all the time is because elon's made you know little hints at trying to get the youtube creator audience of doing more long-form videos uh monetizing you know creators and i think it's gonna something's gonna happen there i hope something's gonna happen there and if so the john the kogan show will take off there as well we just do we go where the people are for the people of the people by the people the people the people the people you know that by now if you're new welcome this is for the people Okay, so um, by the way, as I was starting this podcast, another mainstream outlet, I guess you would say mainstream outlet, The Guardian uh, came up, uh, came out with an article with FTX. When I see these come out, it's just amazing. Like, I, it's just amazing because I'm like, what's the title? So the title of this one is, what do we know so far about collapse of crypto exchange FTX? And it goes, you know, there's a lot of fluff pieces. Everyone knows, well, I guess some people just don't even know FTX was like the biggest crime since Madoff, if not bigger and worse than Enron. But uh, yeah, there's more because he bought off the media. He took a play out of the playbook 
by Bill Gates, who took his playbook from John D. Rockefeller. Okay. This has been going on for a long time. Okay. Sorry, burst your bubble. All right. So I'm reading this and it's talking about like, oh, what went wrong in the short term and the bad term? Now, a lot of people have predicted that this is going to cause regu- – now, they were using FTX, which was a fraud, to create regulation for the crypto community with Sam Bank- Bankrun fraud as the main point of contact to create the regulation when him and himself was doing a complete illegal, Ponzi, fraudulent, corrupted, horrible thing, and he was the face of of the regulation. So now he collapsed and now they're saying we need to regulate and that's why he collapsed, right? So if you know anything about crypto, the whole point of Bitcoin is decentralization, okay? DeFi, decentralized finance, okay? And as predicted, this Guardian article is saying, and I'll read it, how FTX is a perfect example of why government regulations is so much better than DeFi even though the reason why FTX failed was because it was centralized finance. It was the same idea as a central bank. And we're pretty sure that the government was working with FTX. So when they roll out the central bank digital currency, it was maybe through that system because there's a lot going on there that will probably be exposed eventually. So what did it say? Here we go. So what does FTX's fate tell us about cryptocurrencies? All right, here we go. Within the sector, different conclusions have been drawn. Some have argued the collapse is a triumph for decentralized finance or DeFi, which uses computer code to build versions of financial services that don't rely on trust or a central party. The head of a DeFi exchange cannot buy a $40 million penthouse with customer funds because there is no head. Now, here's the next and the last paragraph. Listen closely. But outside the sector, the conclusion is plain. Cryptocurrencies are a bet on the idea that a world where government power over money and finances ended would be a better one. The collapse of FTX is perfect evidence that actually government regulations over finance are pretty useful. Now, there's there's definitely part of truth to that where regulation might be necessary, might be not. I don't know. But they're trying to sway you into, oh, this wouldn't have happened if it was controlled by the Fed. If it was controlled by us, this wouldn't have happened. Of course, this wouldn't have happened. We would never let, we would never do anything bad to our currency. Wouldn't it? We wouldn't inflate everyone into oblivion. We wouldn't bankrupt the country. No, we wouldn't bankrupt the world. We would never do anything bad. We love you. The Fed loves you. In fact, on your birthday, do you not remember getting a letter from Jerome Powell and the rest of the Fed saying, happy birthday, we love you? Do you not remember that? Because if you don't, then you don't understand what's going on. Okay, because they sent it. It got lost in the mail. And the USPS loves you too. Okay. If you're all the, if you're elsewhere in the world, you're in Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Israel, a lot of those other countries that listen to us. I can only give examples because I live in the United States currently. Okay. But we are all human and we're all on the same team. So a TikTok uh was just um came to surface of the former CEO, co-CEO, Sam, what is his name? Sam Tobacco or something like that who was co-CEO with Caroline, the fraudulent middle school looking girl who literally said that her fetish was men or boys that control world governments. Like what's your fetish? Uh, what's your, what's your fetish, Gary? Oh, you know, I really like toes. Well, that's weird, Gary, but whatever. Hey, Sam, what's your uh, fetish? Well, you know, I like women with big boobs. Oh, okay, Sam. That's uh, We get it. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, what's your, what's your fetish, uh, Caroline? I like men who can control world governments. Oh, okay. Caroline, that's totally normal. Yeah. That's, 
a lot of people say that's a fetish. It's totally normal. We get that all the time. What? No. And where did she write all this stuff? On Tumblr. If people write on Tumblr, it's automatic red flag. Automatic red flag. Okay? That's not the, it's an automatic strike. You write on Tumblr about men controlling world governments as sexy. I'm sorry. That's just a red flag. I would not give you a billion dollars to invest. Now it's coming out that Sam loaned himself one to three billion dollars. The, the, the company didn't even have an accountant, but if you're watching the mainstream media, you're getting fluff pieces like, uh, the good old Forbes, which came out and said, Queen Caroline, that's the co-CEO who looks like a first grader. It's a picture of her with Sam in the background, basically a neutral piece of how she could be innocent. Queen Caroline, the fake charity nerd girl behind the FTX collapse and autism capital says, what is curious is the near absence of responsibility in this. It reads as a neutral biography. And here's the best part. The article claims that Caroline is a darling of the alt-right. Okay? Now, I want to clarify why this is interesting. Sam, FTX, this whole operation, was one of the biggest donors to the Democrat Democratic Party ever. Ever. Full stop. And she's a darling of the alt-right. Watching this propaganda play out in real time is so fascinating. I love it. I love it. It's so fascinating. It's built a podcast. This podcast was built out of the corruption and propaganda. I mean, it is unreal. By the way, follow Autism Capital for updates um, on what's going on uh, with FTX. And I didn't mean to talk about FTX first, but there's so much going on. So here's the TikTok that came. Uh, this was from them as well, from Autism Capital. Rare TikTok of Ryan Salam, co-CEO FTX, participating in the Gumball 3000 rally. When asked questions about trading crypto or NFTs, he becomes visibly uncomfortable and tries to end the interaction. So I will play this video for you. And uh, you'll be able to listen to it. But if you're watching on Rumble or uh, um, YouTube, it's obviously awesome too. Subscribe no matter what. All right, here we go. I'm going to play just the second part here. One more question. Here we go. One more quick question. If you had to make a million dollars starting from zero, what would you do? I'd probably trade crypto. Crypto? Yeah. Like, what do you do right now? Do you do, like, a lot of crypto or not? I, I actually can't. I can't answer that. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I I'll go one. Thank you. He can't answer that. He can't talk about that. He can't talk about what he does for a living. You know, when people have a job and they cannot explain what they do or are not able to talk about it, that's another red flag. That goes right next to Tumblr talking about men controlling world governments. Those are two flags. Okay? Those are two flags. All right? What we do on this podcast is we identify the flags. We call out the flags. Then we chalk up the flags. And when we get to three flags, we go ding, ding, ding. Let's look deeper and call it out. Well, guess what? We have about 18,442 flags right now in FTX. All right? That's the truth. But the main purpose of this episode was central bank digital currency. Okay? It just so happens the same week, the same week. Don't worry. It's just a coincidence. Uh, the same week that FTX crumbles and loses billions of dollars of investors' money. Okay? The same week. All of a sudden, we're rolling out a beta program of central bank digital currency with what? The New York Innovation of Finance? Let me pull this puppy up, okay? So I know exactly what's going on here. All right, so let's see what we got here. All right, so uh, oh, there's the queen. Oh, here it is. So Project Cedar. It's called Project Cedar. 
C-E-D-A-R, Improving Cross-Border Payments with Blockchain Technology. Project Cedar is the inaugural project at the New York Innovation Center, the NYIC. It is a multi-phase research effort to develop a technical framework for a theoretical wholesale central bank digital currency, CBDC, in the Federal Reserve context. In phase one of Project Cedar, a prototype for a wholesale central bank digital currency was developed to demonstrate the potential blockchain to improve the speed, cost, and access to a critical element of the wholesale cross-border payments market, a foreign exchange spot transaction. So what's interesting is, and, I, and I, there's a white paper, a phase one report that I, that I read uh, about all this, and it's talking about how it already did this phase, but then... All the media reports are saying they just started the 12 week phase. So maybe it's phase two that they're doing now. Okay. So they did a little test that's faster. You know, it's better for your health. It's going to save your life. You know, all this stuff. It, it's so good to have no privacy and for them to, you know, have a central bank digital currency. Get ready for that propaganda. And knowing the success of the other propaganda, this should be a breeze. You need central bank digital currencies to prevent you from climate change. Okay. Give it to us. Please give it to us. Please give it to us. <laughs> you know. So, so they're doing that, and now there's a 12-week one. Just so happens, the same time FTX failed, boom, they kick off that 12-week uh, little process here of uh, rolling this puppy out. I mean, this is coming fast. This is definitely coming before 2025, I think. Atomics from Bitcoin.com News, uh, Atomic Settlement. New York Fed completes first phase of digital dollar experiment called Project Cedar. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York has published findings, which I read through, stemming from an experiment dubbed uh, Project Cedar, a protocol that uses a wholesale digital dollar in order to improve financial transactions. Michelle Neal, head of the bank's markets group, remarked on Friday that the research indicated that settlement could occur in fewer than 10 seconds on average, that horizontal scaling was possible. So it's good for you. It's good for you. Everything's good for you. You know that by now. Science is good for you. Control money is good for you. Asking questions is not good for you. Taking orders is good for you. Get it? You follow? So the Fed's New York branch releases digital dollar findings associated with Project Cedar on November 4th. And then now they're running a 12-week program uh, to make sure that it can work and they can control every aspect of your life. So that's going on. No big deal. Um, great article, by the way, from Eric Tornberg um, on his Substack. There's just too many DM elites and basically talks about this, uh, this weird conundrum of how this whole like woke thing is being propagated and who's, it's not really top down. It's this middle management laptop class. It's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, like a, a weird part in the, uh, in the, uh, hierarchy. It's not like from the CEO. It's like this, this middle management. So the laptop class which is Western upper middle class professionals who work through a screen and are totally abstracted from tangible physical reality and the real world consequences of their opinions and beliefs. The professional managerial class tends to have incomes above the average for their country with major exceptions being academia and print journal journalism who are compensated with power instead. So um, he refers to this as the professional managerial class. So the, the PMC exists somewhere between what we think of as a traditional working class and the ruling class. While they aren't capitalists and don't own the means of production, they do play a big role in upholding and extending capitalism's reign. In other words, managers are a specific type of employee that are materially on the side of labor, but symbolically on the side of capital. So um, 
it's a fantastic article. I'll link it below, but it's really, really good. I, I can go much deeper into this, but that's where this is all coming from. It's coming from that middle management laptop class, you know, that's where that's coming from, you know, like the, uh, like the, um, and then journalism and then academia, which obviously has been infiltrated big time. Let's see if I can read. So summarizing elite overproduction theory. So elite overproduction theory. The problem with having too many, they call these people, you know, they're elites and now they're all being laid off like Twitter, uh, uh, Amazon, uh, Facebook, all over the place, everything, every, the layoffs are over. So the layoffs now are above 120,000 jobs have been laid off, which is more than the amount of jobs that were laid off in the top dot com bus. And it just started. Okay. This is how you get everyone dependent, universal basic income. It's all going according to plan. Don't ask questions. Just do as we say. So elite overproduction theory. The problem with having too many elites is that we don't have enough cushy jobs for them. As the number of elites expands, there's a growing pressure to find roles for them so that they can keep their luxurious lifestyles. Thus, the state steps in to create roles for these excess elites that are appropriate for their status. The state can't create jobs for all of them, so the private sector is expected to step in as well, public-private partnerships, hence the explosion of administrative jobs in companies. As the elites continue to expand and the state struggles to find roles for them all, we begin to see intense competition for the few positions that exist. In the face of losing out on the money and status they expected to get, elites become very angry and turn on each other, creating an intra-elite conflict. One signal of intra-elite conflict is an emphasis on credentialing. In the old days, when the majority of the elite youth could expect to inherit their parents' wealth and status, they didn't bother, bother to go to university. But in the wake of elite overexpansion, we watch them now fight for credentials as a way of distinguishing themselves. And this is the last part. This can be seen in the data. In the UK since 1990, population has increased by 15%, while the number of students has increased by almost 100%. Similarly, in 1990, American law school grads had an even distribution of salaries, but by 2000, a separation grew between winners and losers. We are feeding students a lie that a university education is their, quote, golden ticket into a class that they probably won't make it into regardless of whether or not they receive a diploma. Elite overproduction isn't a result of higher population as much as it's a result of high expectations from the existing population. Specifically, the idea that anyone, if they work hard enough, can earn, scratch that, deserves a path to the elite class. Globalization amplifies this significantly, while the Internet takes this phenomenon to even further extremes. This means that the whole world now expects to become part of the elite class. And you saw people's views of the elite class, you know, over the past couple of years, more so because a lot of people weren't affected when other or affected and infected, maybe while others couldn't go to their physical labor job, but people don't even know they exist. I mean, it's crazy, but we're going back to that world and it's changing. So fluff pieces. Oh yeah. So let's go to the white house readout from the G20. Okay. White house readout from the G20. This is fantastic. This is great. You're going to be thrilled. This is the White House readout, okay? Point 23. I don't know if I want to read all this, but we recognize the need for strengthening local and regional health product manufacturing capacities and cooperation as well as sustainable global and regional research and development networks to facilitate better access to VTDs globally, especially in developing countries, and underscore the importance of public-private partnership. <gasps> How'd that get in there? And technology transfer and knowledge sharing on voluntary and mutually agreed terms. We support... 
the WHO mRNA vaccine technology transfer hub, as well as all as the spokes in all regions of the world with the objective of sharing technology and technical know-how on voluntarily and mutually agreed terms. We welcome joint research and joint production of vaccines, including enhanced cooperation among developing countries. We acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of IHR 2005 to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. And it goes more into, oh, and that they should capitalize and build on the success of the existing standards and digital COVID-19 certificates. Unreal. And then you can even go further in this readout. This is from G20 and just happened in Indonesia. And you can look up CBDC and how excited they are to start that too. We also welcome the joint report by the BIS, CPMI, BISIH, IMF, and World Bank on options for access to and interoperability of central bank digital currencies for cross-border payments. They're so excited to get you a CBDC. Aren't you excited? You probably are excited because you're excited to go to war. You're excited to put stuff inside of you. Everyone's excited. We welcome continued exploration of how CBCs could potentially be designed to facilitate cross-border payments while preserving the stability and integrity of the international monetary and financial system. On real i should really play that video of the the health minister uh from the uh from in- indonesia's health minister like super super excited to have uh um what do you call it uh passports the vaccine passports which one of my friends was literally wrote in a text message like months ago but like literally i think the text says i'm so excited for vaccine passports something like that um <laughs> You can't make this up either. It's crazy. Um, so Indonesia health minister. I'm going to pull this up. I'll, oh, here we go. This is fantastic. Buckle your seatbelts, boys and girls, and whatever gender you are. Because we do not care on this podcast. We love everybody. Okay, here we go. So let's play this. Take a listen to this. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO if you have been vaccinated or tested properly then you can move around so for the next pandemic instead of stopping the movement of the people 100% which clock the economy globally you know you can still provide some movement of the people Indonesia has achieved G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods, and movement of the economy. Let's talk about so, one part. So I grew up in the 90s. If you're older and grew up in the 80s and the 70s, you're going to remember this very well. Do you remember every year, every couple of years, every few years, how that next pandemic came and everybody had to be locked down and forced inoculations? Remember that? Like, you know, I remember in like 91, 93, 98, 99, 20, 2004, 2007. Remember it happened like all the time? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did it never happen? It was totally abnormal to have a pandemic. Like it was literally once in a century, not once every few years, like the Olympics. Okay, this isn't the Olympics, all right? 
the fact that they're normalizing pandemics, which, by the way, Sam Bankman-Fried was obsessed with pandemic preparedness. Okay, that's sketchball. The most sketchiest person of all time was obsessed with pandemic preparedness. Okay, who else is obsessed? Bill Gates. Who else? Klaus Schwab. Who else? Every evil person ever. Okay, if you're obsessed with pandemic preparedness, I automatic that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That is right next to Caroline hoping that she can find a man who controls world governments. And don't get me wrong. This is totally normal. If you don't remember this being normal like seven years ago, then you just, you were not in touch with reality, okay? You were somewhere else, okay? You weren't mentally here, okay? Now plug into the matrix, listen to us, and shut your mouth. You know the drill. So this is crazy. I mean, this is just crazy. They, the normalization of a pandemic is so mind-boggling to me and that people don't even ask questions about it or even like anything, nothing. Totally normal. Totally normal. Nothing to see here. It's crazy. Absolutely nuts. So Project Cedar, Central Bank Digital Currency. We got Vax Passports. FTX collapse with these fluff pieces are unreal. I want to make sure I'm getting uh, everything that's going on with it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. You couldn't make this up. Um, I suggest following autism capital. I suggest learning about project Cedar. Um, I suggest going to ericthornburg.substack.com, reading that lead article. It's amazing. Go to the white house briefing readout from the G20 in Bali. And these, these puff pieces on, on, on the FTX. Could you imagine Madoff getting puff pieces all over and maybe getting a documentary like, oh, could you imagine uh investor tried to save the uh trying to save the world from future pandemics gets derailed? Talks about Bernie Madoff. That's what they're doing to Sam Bank Run Fraud. His name's Sam Bankman Freed, but we call him Sam Bank Run Fraud. Unreal. Unreal. All right. I'm coming back at you soon with some more. Please go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. Hook up the podcast. Bring power to the people. Help citizen journalism. Please subscribe on Spotify. I see that number going up. That makes my heart full of joy and love. Please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe there so you know when there's new episodes. Please search Jonathan Kogan Show on YouTube and on Rumble and subscribe. And again, Please stay free, stay healthy, use your God-given critical thinking skills and do what's best for you and your family, okay? You got to, oh, by the way, there's like 60 million feet of snow coming in Buffalo and they're going to start using all this this 500-year, 300-year, 12,000-year weather cycle to climate change. That's what's going on here, by the way. I'll get more into that in a future episode about we are in a crazy climate cycle right now, like four different ones at the same time. And that's why you're hearing climate change, climate change, because there is going to be massive it's not global warming. It's actually global cooling. Uh, grand, you can look up grand solar minimum, all this stuff that's happening. The north and south poles are, are flipping. The electromagnetic uh, fields between those two are actually flipping for the first time in like, I don't know, 12,000 years. It's wild. We'll get that at a later date. Please go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. Just one new sub. One new sub. And I'd be pooped. And by the way, I post everything for free on the podcast, on YouTube, and on Rumble. That's just to support citizen journalism, to give hope to the people, to give hope to myself when I think that humanity, I'm so pro-humanity. I have so much faith in the people. But the past years have made me a bit nervous that maybe there might not be as much faith as I'd like. But I think it'll be tougher to lock us down next time and to force us into doing things we don't want to because most of us like freedom. 
And we forgot that. Some of us forgot that. Okay. Subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Share the Jonathan Kogan Show with two people today. It's Friday. It's called Freedom Fridays. And what you do is you send it to one person who is not free mentally. They're still in the matrix. You send them an episode of the Jonathan Kogan show. They pop out of the matrix. You rekindle that friendship. You rekindle that love and you bring the world together. One human being at a time. We're building the network state, baby. This is what we're doing here. God bless you. No matter where you are in the world. I don't care what country you're in. I don't even care if you are in a country. If you are getting this transmission on Jupiter, probably not Jupiter, but another, another solar system or whoever's controlling the simulation. If you're hearing this, thank you for the opportunity. And we're going to continue the podcast because that's what we have to do for the people of the people, by the people, the people, the people, the people. I love you. Take care. Goodbye.